Wonderful. Thanks so much, Scott and the family there as well. It's so good to be able to worship God together, isn't it? And just be able to proclaim the goodness of God um, in these days that we live in. And it's, it's, it gives us the hope that we have and the assurance that we have in him. Um, so it's great. So thanks for leading us that time of worship and for Tony as well for sharing this morning and uh, getting us ready to come around God's word together. And I really want to encourage you this morning. And it's great that it is indeed it's Mission Sunday and to, to think of all the missionaries that are traveled throughout the globe. Many have given up their, their time, their finance and their family and to, 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 to share the gospel, to share the good news and the love of Jesus where they are. And I believe we're all called to be missionaries in some way, as God has given us all the commission to preach the gospel, as Tony was sharing with us earlier. And that requires faith in our lives, that we would have a faith to live for Jesus. I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to come to God's word together. And I really hope that you'll be encouraged this morning and spurred on, and that you're able to grow in your faith in Jesus. So, Father, we thank you this glorious day that you've given us. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, you are Lord of our life. You're our saviour. You're our, you're our friend. You're our comforter. You're our guide and you're our king. And we just worship you this morning. Lord, we just desire that you would speak to every single one of us. Lord, this morning as we come before your word, as we've come to worship you, that you'll be speaking to us and strengthening us and that we would know you more and would be more like you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk to you on the subject of the power of faith and that your faith would be encouraged and, and built up in Jesus Christ. Many people today would have hope in, uh, in, in their lives. They'd have hope. Maybe they're in a place of hope right now. They're, they're hoping that they would get through this lockdown period. They'd hope that they would still have a job at the end of it. Hope that they have finances. The hope that the marriage would survive. The hope that the children's education would not be affected. The hope that they wouldn't get ill, or if they did get ill, that they'd recover from the sickness. I hope, I hope, I hope. We live in a place of hope. But the thing with hope in itself, it is a probability. It's a possibility. It has an uncertainty within it. It's there. And hope is a good thing. It gives us a motive to keep on going. But there's still that probability. It's just an uncertainty. But God has given us faith. And that's where God is leading us to, is in, in, with each and every single one of us, that we would have faith. And some people have said to me, well, I don't have any faith. Uh, I want to encourage you what the scripture says. It tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that, that God has given each of us and allotted to us a measure of faith, that you have a measure of faith. It may be just a small measure of faith, as small as a mustard seed, but every single one of us has been given a measure of faith. And it's what we do with the faith that has been allotted to us. I believe even an, a, a non-Christian, somebody who doesn't have a, a, a walk with God, has a faith. But how each of us would come to Jesus if we didn't have faith in the first place It is by faith that we can come receive him into our lives. We've all every single one of us on this planet has a measure of faith. But it's what we do with it that makes all the difference. So we can have a faith which leads to uh, which can be a possibility, a probability, but in itself is an uncertainty. But God has given us a faith and a faith in him, which is a certainty, which we can have an assurance in him. Let me read by um, Hebrews chapter 11, the passage I want to look at this morning, verse one to three. It says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I just want to stop for a moment. Just look at that verse in itself. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Maybe I can ask you right now, what are the things that you are hoping for in your life right now? 
when we think of hope, we often think of things of our future, how our future may look. We also, I'm sure, want the best for our future. But we need to have a future. As Christians, we decide to put our future in God's hands, that he is the Lord of our life, that we would want to be led by him. We want to be in his will. We want to follow things as according to his word and his ways. So have a future in our hope in God gives us a certainty. But faith is the thing that underpins it all. It says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance means that underpinning or the thing that stands under us to stand by. That's the faith is the substance. Faith is the main thing. It's the main ingredients of that which we hope for. Our faith in God is that that thing that we lean upon. Just the faith is the thing that, that encourages us, spurs us on. Faith is the one that cheers us on when we're hoping for something in God in our life. That faith is there to keep us going, to motivate us, to have that assurance in him. Faith is the substance, that main thing that we for the things that we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. The evidence, the evidence is, is like a title deed. It's there, it's ingrained. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So what does that mean for us? That God has given us the evidence of his word, the character of God. It's a revelation of God. We can have a faith in a God who is sure, who is faithful, who is true. We can put our faith in his, in his word, the evidence of his word. It's proved itself again and again. It's been tried. It's been tested. And God's word is always faithful. He doesn't lie. He is true. So faith in God, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Isn't that wonderful that God has given us a faith that we can have a certainty in him? Faith is a certainty. It's an assurance in God that we can rest on that. It's not just some hope that could happen, might happen, may not happen. But God has given us a faith in him that is sure and certain as Christians that we have. We can have a certainty that we are saved by him, that we can be forgiven by him. A certainty of heaven that awaits us for all who are born again and received him into their lives. There's a certainty, there's an assurance in God because he is faithful. It goes on to say that by it, verse, uh, verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. I think that's marvellous. By it, the elders or the people, and it goes on to list a, 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 an array of people, of men of faith and women of faith who have stood in faith in God and trusted God. And by it, they have a testimony. They have a story to tell. They've accomplished great things because of the faith which they have in God. And they're putting their faith and trust in him. It was just a, a few weeks ago, I was sitting at the breakfast table with my daughters, as, as we do. And uh, sometimes we, we talk about what we've been reading in the, in the Bible. And I turned to Isabella and I said, what have you been reading today? And she turned and she, she, she looked and dramatically looked at me and, and exclaimed, the power of faith. And I chuckled to myself when she said it, but it just left me thinking, actually, this is so right. We have faith, but there is so much power in faith that God has given us. When God has given us this gift of faith, a measure of faith, and when it's activated, it can accomplish great things in God. God will accomplish great things. He works on the basis of faith. He responds to faith. He's pleased by our faith in him as we trust and rely upon him. And it is by faith that these people that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11, and maybe you've got a testimony in your life of where you've responded to God and had faith in him and trusted him, how he's come through where situations have changed. By faith, we see that kingdoms were, were conquered and victories were won. By faith, we see that Noah built the ark in the midst where there was no rain or water. And yet by faith, then God saved Noah and his family. 
and we can un un unveil the list as it goes on and on, where things happened, where things would change because of faith. They had a testimony. I don't know about you, but I, I'm sure, uh, like myself, you want to have a testimony of your life where God has, has done great things, where things have changed, where things are different because of God and what he's done as he responded to the faith that we have in him according to his word. So oh, this morning, I really want to encourage our faith. And I want to look at just one person um, in the Bible where it relates to faith. This one passage in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, speaks of Abraham's faith. Uh, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, but verse 16 says this. So the promise is received by faith, is given as a free gift, and we're all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, or we have faith like Abraham's. I just love that. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. He's, he's not a, 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 in a series, not talking about a biological father or a physical father. He's talking about a father of faith, an example of faith. That is what the scriptures mean when they told him, I have made you a father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. So Abraham's faith was was it would seem radical. When God said to Abraham, I want to sit, I'm going to send, I want you to get up and go to a land, but I'm not going to show you where that land is. And yet, nonetheless, Abraham responded to what God has said. Abraham was told to be a father of many nations. And even though he didn't have a child, he trusted God to, to provide a son for him. When God told him to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, he still trusted that even if he was to sacrifice his son, Isaac, he believed that God would bring him back from, from the dead. He had a faith and assurance in God, in God's character, who God was, in God's word, in the promise that God has spoken into his life. He trusted in God. He didn't just say, I believe, but notice with Abraham's faith. And this is how where faith begins. It's when we begin to move in the realms of faith, when we act on a faith. It's not just I believe you, God, and do nothing. Faith, that seed of faith, that measure of faith that we've been given, we need to move on the basis of that faith. We need to act on that faith. We need to get up and respond in the midst of that faith. Saying I believe is just the start, but we need to act on what we believe. And when we begin to move, that faith can begin to grow in our life. It can begin to be activated and we can begin to see God begin to move in the midst of that. As somebody once said, uh, faith begins when possibilities end, when it becomes impossible, when we have to lean on the substance of faith, that, that lean and trust in God, put our weight upon God. What I love about Abraham, it goes on to say that even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping when hope ran out. Right now for some people in the world, and perhaps you, you faces are facing this right now, your hope feels like you've run out of hope. You don't know how you're going to cope. Everything around you seems to be just falling apart. You wonder where the finances are going to come from. You wonder how things are going to get achieved in your life. You're wondering if your relationships are going to last. You're wondering if hope just seems to be running out. And it says of Abraham, when there was no, seemed to be no hope, when his body was as good as dead and as, as was Sarah's womb, it seemed impossible for God to begin to move. It, said, it says, but yet he kept hoping, he kept believing. Why? Because faith was the substance of his hope. His faith in God was what kept him going. When there is no hope, when you run out of hope, there's still hope because hope is being, uh, being encouraged by the faith that we have in God. Hope in God. He kept on believing. Faith doesn't give up, you see. Faith perseveres. Faith keeps believing. It says in Hebrews that people, even though they didn't receive the promise, they kept on believing. 
and that their faith, they were commended for their faith because they believed. And sometimes we may receive what we're believing for. It may happen in a lifetime. It may happen after we're in glory. But nonetheless, our faith must keep on believing, keep on trusting, keep on moving, keep on living. See, we're called to live by faith, to walk by faith. We're not called to live by hope and walk by hope. And I, and I, and I have a sense that, that, that many Christians today and, and, and people are living by hope, but not living by faith. They're hoping everything's going to be OK, hoping God will come through for them. And there's no certainty there. God has called us to live and walk by faith, trusting fully on his word. It says of Abraham, he believed that he would be, become a father of many nations. But God has said that how many descendants would he have? And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though about 100 years of age, he figured his body as good as dead, as was Sarah's womb. His faith didn't weaken. His faith didn't weaken. When things seemed to get worse in his life, he got older. He seemed to maybe think his life is soon be coming to an end. I don't know. But he says his faith did not weaken. You know, I want to encourage you today. God does not want your faith to weaken. He wants to encourage your faith. This morning, I want to encourage your faith to keep on believing, even against all hope and situation and circumstances, when everything seems to be impossible, when things that, that when you were standing on God's word, it may not seem to be coming through. He continued to believe in God. And I want to say it's important that we don't just believe in God's word, but we believe in the character and the nature of God. Because when we're standing on God's word, and maybe we're, we're believing for, for healing, we're believing for some provision, and it doesn't seem to be happening. It's when we know God, we know his character, and we can still trust him because he is faithful, he is full of compassion, he is merciful, he is a gracious God, he is good, and his ways are perfect. So we lean upon him, knowing our, our, our end from our beginning. We're leaning on him who knows our future better than we know ourselves. So when we don't understand why things aren't happening the way that we want them to or the way that we, we believe the scriptures are telling us to, we can still lean upon his character and his goodness and his faithfulness because he is full of faith, because he is faithful. So we can lean upon his character. And this is what was with Abraham. Despite everything else that was facing around him, he still was able to believe God. In fact, his faith was strengthened because his relationship with God was strong. You see, we need to have a relationship with God, not just believe his word, but believe in him and know him and personally and have that relationship and walk with him and trust him. Faith continues to pursue. There is power in faith. And I love it goes on. It says Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger. I believe that God wants your faith to grow stronger. Even when everything seems to be impossible right now, your faith can grow stronger. That's what God does. He stretches our faith. Jesus constantly stretched the disciples' faith. He encouraged them to believe. He encouraged them to go and lay their hands on the sick. He encouraged them to go and cast up demons. He encouraged Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water. He encouraged them to believe that God would provide. Constantly encouraging faith in the midst of the impossibilities. And God today would encourage your faith to keep on believing and trusting him and living and walking by faith, not just by hope, but by faith in his promises. It says he didn't waver. James chapter one tells us that when we ask God for something, we shouldn't doubt. If we do, we're like the waves of the sea that are tossed to and fro. You know, it's like saying, God, I, I, I believe I'm forgiven. You've forgiven me, but maybe you haven't forgiven me. 
God, I, I believe you're my, you'll provide for me, but, but maybe you're not going to provide for me right now. And we, we doubt. We say yes one thing and then we doubt God again. It says we doubt when we shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. If God says something in his word, if his character displays him to be faithful and true and he doesn't lie, then we must fully rely and trust upon God that in his time, in his will, in his way, he will answer and respond to us in those places. Abraham didn't waver in his faith. I want to encourage you today. Is your faith wavering? Is it going from to and fro? It's time to stop doubting and start trusting fully upon God. The righteous ones will live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We trust in God in his word and what he says. How do we get a revelation of God's word? Well, quite simply, the scriptures remind us to come to, if we come to Romans chapter uh, chapter 10, it tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it's not just about sitting under listening to sermons or listening to, uh, to messages or listening to Bible teaching. That's good to position yourself and it's right that we hear it and we listen to it. But sometimes we can hear it but not be listening or, or listening to it and not be really hearing what God is saying to us. By hearing the word of God, that word is the word, rhema word of God. That is the word that's spoken, the revealed word of God. God wants us to hear what he's saying to us in these times, in these seasons. He wants us to hear his word. That's why he said to Joshua, meditate on my word day and night, and then you'll have success. And then you'll have courage, be courageous in the word of God to step out in the things I'm, I'm telling you. It's about getting God's word into our hearts into our minds so it becomes part of our being so we are becomes a living word so we know what he's saying we know who he is but faith comes by hearing the spoken the revealed word of God in our lives are you hearing God's word or are you just listening to it I want to encourage you today to to get before God and say God I need to hear you, what you're saying to me I need to hear your word. I want to be someone of faith. I want to see things change around me. Situations in my workplace, in my school, wherever I am, in my, in my job, whatever it may be, in my neighborhood, in my family, in my household, amongst my children. Lord, I want to be a man, a woman of faith in you. So Lord, help me to grow in faith. Let my faith grow stronger. Help me to activate that measure of faith in you. Put in our faith in God. It was Reinhard Bonnke who talked about faith and how, how a, a, a man will do business with money with another man. But God does business with faith, responds to faith, and faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. You know, when we see things begin to change in life, we need to be a people of faith, not just hope, who put their trust fully in God and who he is and what he says. It doesn't mean to say that we, whatever we believe and we, 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 we will have, we need to have a faith and assurance in God. We need to know him and know what he's speaking to our life. It's that revealed word of God. I want to encourage your faith. There's a one thing that helps me in my life in terms of faith. And often when I'm praying and seeking God and asking God for things, I'm reminded to thank God, to declare Bible tells us again in Romans chapter 10 that we are to believe in our heart, but also confess with our mouth. As we put our faith and trust in God in our heart, our mouth will begin to speak God's word. God wants his word to be in our mouths, in our hearts, in our lives. And I find that as I begin to speak God's word, I begin to pray God's word and say, God, you've said this like Moses did when he said to God, God, you've said this. And he took God's word and he brought it before God. God, you've said this. As you proclaim God's word and God honoured his word, 
and responded to it, but also that we thank God for his word. When we ask God for something, spend time thanking God. I love the, the story when Jesus, when he, he brought Lazarus back from the dead, before he, he did this, he says he asked the people to move the stone away. And then we see that he looked up to heaven and he said, Father, thank you that you hear me when I pray, for you always hear me. And he said this aloud so that others would hear him. You know, the importance of thanking God once we pray, the thankfulness, the act of praise, acknowledging God. When we sing and worship God and we declare God, it will stir your faith within you, acknowledging, thank you, God, that you've heard me. Thank you that you will respond. It will stir your faith. It will feed that faith. It will enable that faith to begin to grow. It activates something by being thankful that God has heard. And then it says that he commanded Lazarus to come out of the tomb and he called him forth and Lazarus came back from the dead and began to be there amongst the people. Faith must be something that is spoken. That's why it tells us in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, according to faith, say to this mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea. He didn't just say believe, but he said, speak, speak, say, declare. You know, when we pray, you know, it's right that we can pray and we can pray in our heads, we can pray in our hearts, but there's something about declaring God's word from our mouth. God has given us a mouth and sometimes we can, you know, and we, we, we can we can we can bless people, but sometimes sadly we can curse people or we can gossip or we can speak negative and we shouldn't do that. But God has given us mouths to declare blessing, to speak his word. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, he's given us a faith in him that we can begin to speak and declare and pray and trust in him in situations around us. You know, we can see things and we want to be like these people, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, who received men who, who, who were known for a testimony, had a testimony by faith that they had, that God had given. So this morning, I want to encourage you to move and the power of faith, to trust in God with your life, to live by him as these missionaries have gone out in faith, trusting God. I believe that as we begin to continue to move in faith and you may feel weak in times, you may have to step out in places that you've never been before as God begins to stir your heart. But I want to encourage you to be a people of faith because Jesus, I believe, would encourage you this morning to live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. When we're going to come to the Lord's table together, indeed, that was an act of faith. As Jesus died upon the cross, he trusted and believed that he would be raised again, that you and I too would be raised with him. He trusted and believed that our sins would be forgiven, that we taken upon him upon the cross so that we would be free, that we would have life, that we could have this wonderful relationship with God that we could be made right with him through the act of the cross. And Jesus indeed was risen again. He rose again victoriously. And this is the victory we have, our faith in Jesus. So I want to encourage you right now, if you have your communion, you have your bread and you have your juice, and that we come together and we partake this together. Remember what Jesus has done for us, that we not live a life of just hope that is uncertain but we'd have a faith that is sure and that we can trust in God, that we have a future that we can place in him. And perhaps you're, you feel that actually you've lived a life, you believe in God, but it's been one of hope, not of faith. Can I pray with you right now that you encourage you to pray with me as well, as maybe invite Jesus to become faith, a faithful God in our life, that we put our faith in him, not just our hope. So Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you died for each of us. 
We acknowledge, Lord, that we have failed you with our sins. We've failed you with our lives, Father, but we acknowledge that you died for us and there's forgiveness available to all who'd receive you. So, Father, forgive us. We turn to you in repentance. We turn to you again. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have not lived in faith, Father. Forgive us, Lord, but let our faith be activated this day in our life that we may live fully for you. We thank you, Jesus, for the blood that you shed for us at the cross. We thank you for your body that was shared for us, that was broken. And Lord, for each one of us, that should have been us, but you did it for us. And we say thank you for bringing us together. And Lord, may, Lord, as we respond to this this morning, may this indeed be an act of faith as well. So we thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken. And your blood that was shed. I want to thank you just for again for, for joining in. I hope you've been encouraged this morning.